Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Ken Thews, chief marketing officer at Regal Cinemas. He offers up firsthand how their theaters have continued to serve both consumer and B2B audiences during a challenging time for the industry. He also shares what the movies Grease and The Hunchback of Notre Dame have in common for him. AJ gets some sleep, and Vincent makes a figure skating reference. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. Starista, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? You know who Starista is. We are an identity marketing company. We have our own business data, our own consumer data. People utilize us to target that data, get new customers, Take in your first party data, you fix some of that fragmented broken data that you have, cleanse it, lookalike modeling. We offer email marketing. We have our own DSP, Adster, Connected TV, Programmatic, Display, OTT. Enough about that. That just keeps the lights on when I say that. I'm kidding. It doesn't. It's just always, I wanted to say that on the podcast. Pays the bills, keeps the lights on anyway. Oh. This man, this next man keeps my lights on here in uh, New York City. It's my CEO, ladies and gentlemen. He is the co-host of The Marketing Stir, hailing from San Antonio. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. I had a little bit of a rough weekend, as you know, but uh, uh, there were some benefits to hurting my ankle. My uh, wife and kids decided to leave me alone to let me have as much <laughs> sleep as I could get. So I was like, this, this is not all bad. That is amazing. Oh, I will pay someone on the street to hit my ankle <laughs> with a crowbar to, to Tanya Harding me right now. I will have someone do that if it means I get to rest a little bit more and yeah, not have to deal with two crying amazing. children. I, I'll, uh, next time I'm in New York, I'll try to hurt your ankle so you can get to rest. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yes, you got injured in Tennis, this is the second injury that people on the podcast are going to be hearing about. A couple of weeks ago was the wrist. This is the ankle. This is the universe telling you that, all right, man, like you're not Sampras. You're getting a little up there, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm I say closer it. to your age, so drawbacks. <laughs> it is, it is. It is no picnic being my age. But this is, I have a picnic in door for us, ladies and gentlemen, on the marketing stir. They say in football, right? Oh, I was circling this game. I was looking forward to this game. I was looking forward to this podcast for a variety of reasons. One, our guest is awesome. I already got a chance to talk to him. And it was like talking to a friend that I've had for many years. Two, he is the chief marketing officer of an industry I love, a nostalgic industry everyone loves, the movie right? And this next guest, he is the chief marketing officer of Regal Cinemas, my favorite cinemas. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast, Ken Thews. What's going on, Ken? Hey, Vincent. Uh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Well, no problem. It's easy 
because I am very excited about this. I love movies. I love film. I love the entertainment business. I'm not an avid reader by any means. I think my CEO would agree with that and most people for that matter, but I consistently read for about 22 years now, Entertainment Weekly, so I'm up on the movies that are coming out, and I'm here in New York City, and we have amazing movie theaters. Our Regal Cinemas are fantastic. I go to the one on Battery Park City, uh, right here in my neighborhood. Beautiful, amazing, but uh, enough about that. I could talk about this. You know, I know we, only, we don't have a lot of time, Ken, but please, uh, everyone knows who Regal Cinemas are, but tell people about your role within Regal Cinemas. Sure. Um, so as the CMO at Regal, uh, Regal's the number two uh, circuit in terms of size in the U.S. We're owned by a company called uh, Cineworld, uh, based in the U.K., and, and collectively Cineworld is the number two circuit in the world. And my role really spans everything B2B and B2C uh, related to marketing. So key areas are media, um, both organic paid search. Uh, loyalty is a big piece of what uh, we do and under the loyalty team fall promotions, public relations and customer service it kind of encompasses me. I've got a team of about 60 folks working with me. That's awesome. And now, Ken, how did you get into marketing? We always love to ask that question because it's not always the traditional path. Yeah, no, for me, I don't think it was. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a pretty typical blue-collar household where we did not talk about business and certainly didn't talk about marketing at the dinner table. Um, I was pretty good at math and, and really was steered to be an engineer. And, um, you know, being from a, a home with somewhat limited means, I was looking for a scholarship and I actually got appointed to the United States Air Force Academy and they've got a really strong number of different engineering programs and I ended up double majoring in math and, and electrical engineering. Got into the Air Force uh, with a five-year commitment and was an avionics engineer working on Air Force One and F-16 fighter program and just knew that wasn't for me um, but really didn't know what was for me and I started working with a headhunter who specializes in taking junior military officers into the corporate world and as he got to know me, he would really steered me to sales or marketing. Um, one of my interviews was with Procter & Gamble as I was about to leave the military. And uh, it was uh, a great fit. And, and that really became my first role in, uh, in marketing. I worked on the cheer brand and the tie brand at P&G. Followed a boss into the restaurant world. Then I got into the retail world and about eight and a half years ago, I um, was lucky enough to come to Regal, which on paper, it's my dream job. It's been my dream job like you. I'm a fanboy. Just I've been loving the time with maybe the exception of the year 2020. It's been a fantastic time to be at Regal. Again, to talk a little bit more about 2020, obviously uh, movies are probably one of the worst hit industries with with the pandemic and i know some of your competitors are offering these private viewings and uh, uh which has made some headlines on cnn but how are you guys doing it are you open are you closed sure aj right now we're all of our theaters are 530 plus theaters are closed you know the short answer to that is we're closed because we're 
we're able to lose less money being closed than open. Um, even if we are open, there's very few movies out there and consumers are still reluctant. It's, it's a little frustrating because I think the industry as a whole and certainly Regal in particular have done a great job with what we call cinema safe, making sure the movie going experience is safe. You know, to date globally, while there have been traces of, uh, there have been cases of COVID traced back to almost every single industry you can think of, airplanes and churches and retail, there has not been a single one traced back to movie going. I think in part because of how safe we've made it, but still with all of that, we felt like we needed to close to just kind of protect um, our future. And when we open back up, we absolutely are going to have um, private theater rentals, um, really more of a self-serve. You've always been able to rent a theater privately, um, but we'll make it more self-selective and, and lower cost where you can rent it for 25 people, um, uh, which in the past we were, we forced you to buy an entire auditorium. So it makes it more affordable. It makes it a nice alternative in kind of the world we're living in right now. And are there movies that were supposed to be released that are kind of in the queue once things open up? Yeah, I would say there are dozens and dozens and dozens of movies that are in the queue right now. Um, you know, we've got Wonder Woman, which is still scheduled to open up Christmas week. Um, you know, again, we're closed now, not sure what's going to happen with that. But I think there have been, there have been a few stories and headlines of, of a movie here or there going straight to streaming. But the majority of studios with the majority of their movies have just delayed them. And they're really waiting for the time where theaters can open up everywhere at full capacity or at least at, at significant capacity so that they can get a good return on, on the money that they put into making their movies. Ken, talk to us about uh, it's something that's personal to me because I am a loyalty card holder, but I, I you know, you guys, that loyalty program is, is pretty robust and it's pretty extensive. You know, t talk to us about and talk to the listeners about the Regal Cinemas or the Regal card, if you will. Sure thing, Vincent. AJ, I think he keeps reminding me of that so that I can throw some bonus credits on his card. Yeah, uh, that's petrified. I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do. But, um, you know, we've got, I'd say, the strongest program in the industry um, that's got the most history. We've had over 52 million people sign up for the Regal Crown Club program since inception. We've got about 15 million active members and uh, probably don't need to tell you or most of the people in the audience, but really the power of that loyalty program is in the data. And it's, it's the data that we're able to communicate directly more on a one-to-one -one, um, basis with each of our members and tell them about the movies they care about or what's happening in their local theater that might be unique and maybe isn't happening on a national basis. But that's really been kind of a powerful tool for us. And one of the reasons I was brought to Regal was because um, it, was, it was in existence back then, but it was to grow it and then to really make it more of a dynamic program where it, it had really been more of a passive program previously. 
No, I, I'm a huge fan of the, that loyalty program. There's not many loyalty. I'm a loyal guy. Uh, my wife, maybe she'll listen to this. I am a loyal guy to brands, everything, and, and especially to, uh, you know, the, the Regal, uh, my membership. I, I look forward to that every time. I remind, even if the person doesn't ask me, I'm like, hey, here's my car. They always ask me, though. Anyway, Ken, you mentioned a B2B aspect of the marketing that you do. One would assume, Rigo, okay, it's to the end user, but talk to us about the B2B aspect. Yeah, you know, our, our B2B program is really um, unique, and it's something that when I came to Regal, I didn't have oversight into B2B, and I, I, that team came under me probably uh, three, four years ago. But it's got different segments. So one is actually there's a church business where, believe it or not, um, churches, and I think we do about 200 of them, churches that don't have their own building that are new, trying to get established, will rent out our auditoriums on a Sunday and bring their flock and have their mass. And um, it's a pretty healthy business for us. And, uh, you know, uh, probably the biggest piece of the B2B business is gift card sales. And the growth of gift card sales in third parties, like at the grocery stores and at mass merchandisers like a Walmart, a Target, or a Costco have just been phenomenal. Um, we sell both gift cards and discount tickets, which we call premier tickets. And then the last part is what we call the group sales and events. And this is what I alluded to before. Anybody can come in and reserve an auditorium. Um, and if it's a 200 seat auditorium, basically you pay us for 200 tickets and you can bring 200 people in, you can bring less in, you can do your own private screening, whatever you want. And then a slight subset of that are group sales where we've got discounts for groups of, you know, 20 and up. And Ken, maybe I should ask Winston this because he's such a big uh regal fan but from your perspective you know compared to some of the other major chains what makes regal stand out and what have you guys done from a branding perspective to really kind of double down on that message yeah you know that that's a challenge i think that we all have because you know similar to a grocery store we're all playing for the we're all offering essentially the same product we've got popcorn and soda in, in the movies so the challenge is really around differentiation. And so I would say our loyalty program, number one, while, while everybody has a loyalty program, I think you know the, the differentiation comes in the strategic way we leverage loyalty and data. And, and we think we're doing some things that other folks aren't. And really we're seeing a return on the investment as we communicate and connect with our loyalty members. You know, and after that, I think promotions plays a big role. Um, certainly how we approach our media uh, is a key to it as well. And then we're doing some tactics like augmented reality that we're trying to really set ourselves apart and differentiate from the competition. Okay. And kind of before the pandemic happened, what was some of the things that you guys were looking at from a strategic point of view? Was it to open more theaters or expand services? Yeah, I think um, growth of new theaters is, is a small piece of our overall growth. Um, I think the shift to digital um, was a trend that was really escalating for us. 
So our, our ticket sales a couple of years ago were maybe 10% on digital and, and now we're roughly 40%. So there's been a big shift there. Um, as part of the shift to digital, you know, that, that falls both on our mobile app and our website. Mobile itself is about 80%. So our app and mobile site are about 80% of our digital sales. So mobile has really been a big piece of it. And, and again, augmented reality is something that we've leveraged within our mobile app. Um, and on the surface, we had a lot of challenges around getting alignment internally, trying to prove what's the ROI going to be because it was really a tactic to just get people to engage and to open up our mobile app. So download the app and use it more frequently, not just when you wanna book a movie or see what movies are playing. And so it was hard for us to put an ROI on it, but as we've done that, and typically with every big movie release, there's some kind of augmented reality experience in the app. What we've seen is we've really driven our daily active users and openers of the app and then what that's translated to, it's a very direct correlation to ticket sales through the mobile app. And in hindsight, we, we put an ROI on it, on our investment into AR, and it's huge. And Ken, we always like to get into the nitty gritty here on the marketing stir. The majority of the folks listening to us are in the marketing industry. What are some of the channels that you're utilizing to get new customers, the retention aspect, you're doing commercials, OTT, connected TV. Talk to us a little bit about that. Sure, uh, social plays a big role in what we do, um, both organic and paid. You know, say, you know, 10 years ago or so, we were spending more than $50 million annually buying newspaper ads, you know, putting the list of the newspaper ads and as we shifted as the world shifted away from newspapers we really got more efficient we didn't just move those dollars into digital um, we were able to take some of that to the bottom line invest in other areas of the business so for the the scope of our business which is about three billion dollars in sales annually our media spend paid media spend is relatively small versus other businesses I've been at um, so we're really trying to um, leverage our owned assets. So whether that's the website, the mobile app, as I mentioned, our own social channels where collectively we've probably got close to 10 million fans and followers across all of our properties. Um, that plays a big role. And then the paid portion of that as well. And one way we're leveraging our data is in partnership with the studios. So the studios will allocate some of their media dollars to us so that we can target our members who have a higher proclivity to go see a particular movie from a, a studio. And Ken, have you been kind of keeping your uh, customer base engaged with emails or app messages during this time? Yeah, we have, and it's, it's, it's interesting. We've accelerated the pace of communication, and we've really focused on things like news in the industry, breaking trailers, um, keeping them engaged from a loyalty perspective. And what we've seen is actually our engagement 
on email. So our open rates and our click-through rates and our engagement across all of our social channels has accelerated. It's, it's been higher during COVID than post-COVID. So maybe that's not a surprise because people are cooped up inside and not a lot to do, but I don't think we had planned on that. And, and it's been good to see that uh, our fan base has really stayed engaged with us. Yeah, we're seeing that uh, across our client base as well. Seems to be uh, more engaged as people are staying home for sure. Yeah, we're, you know, the, there will come a day soon where we're opening up our theaters and just knowing that our fans are, are staying kind of in touch with us is, is great that uh, we're confident we'll come back strong. And then in terms of kind of the uh, customer data, you guys obviously have a great loyalty program. Uh, how much customization do you do? How much of the uh, data enhancement and those sort of things do you do to your data? You know, so I, with all of the emails that, that we do, you know, we're on a, when we're open, we're sending at least one a week. Um, and there'll be times where, you know, we go two, maybe three, depending on if there's news to share. And we'll segment those. We'll do up to 100 versions um, a month. I think we can, or I'm sorry, 100 versions a week. We could go even more granular if we wanted to. But I think what, you know, if you're a horror fan, we really want to focus on the horror movie that's opening up that you see that front and center. We tend to include other movies that are open just in case, because the average consumer doesn't just watch one genre. Mm -hmm. By doing that, we, we're just getting smarter and smarter when we see which customers and how they're segmented, what are they clicking on throughout the email, and that's just helping us get better down the road in getting, again, more granular with how we segment our emails. Yeah, that is interesting because, you know, my initial thought was, okay, well, there's, you know, 500 plus theaters. It must be geo-targeted to try to drive people in, but that's really not the case. It's more of the event that's kind of going on. Is, is that a, a safer assessment, Ken? It's, a, it's around the movies that you Yeah, doing. you know, it's, it's both. And, uh, you know, an example is if when we refurbish a theater and in, in Manhattan, we just um, spent about uh, close to $15 million refurbishing our Union Square Theater. Mm -hmm. I have to make the trek up there, Vincent, because yes. it's state-of-the-art. It's an incredible experience. So when we're open, consumers will get to see it. So we'll definitely craft some geo-targeted messages letting consumers in Manhattan know about that theater. And again, there, we do that across the country. There may be a movie or content event playing limited geographically and we'll do that but then when a movie opens up wide that's where we get into more genre targeting and ken are you working directly with the studios that you are you talking to them as part of your role and and is there shared resources that they're offering as far as marketing so we're absolutely working with every studio and I, I'd say the mission of my team, you know, simplified is, is really partnering with the movie studios to drive attendance to their movies in our theaters. And uh, it's, it's a great partnership. I think some are more engaged than others. Some have a real data mindset that they're coming to us. They see the value in it. 
and with every movie, they're, they're reaching out to us to target our moviegoers, to let them know specifically those that are predisposed to want to see a certain genre, um, the studios will work with us. In other places, we're sharing data so they can analyze and, and maybe make some conclusions and help us market directly um, in a more effective way to our consumers. But without a doubt, every studio, big and small, is engaging with us and our data. And can this have uh, kind of some basic questions, but I think a lot of people are not really sure how you know, how you decide which movies to bring into the theater, how does kind of the, that process work uh, and which trailers go in front of what movie? So, so two different questions. In terms of which movies will come to us, we have a, if, you, if you're familiar with retail, there's typically a merchandising group that makes product decisions. In our business, we have what we call a film group and the film group works with the studios to decide how wide a release goes, how many of our 530 theaters are going to play a particular movie. Um, so they'll work with the studios on that and then um, they'll turn it over to marketing so we know where it's, where it's playing. And again, for the most part, if a studio has a movie that they want it to play in a theater, it's gonna play in the theater. Um, it's, we don't reject based on content and, you know, there are movies that skew politically left or right, we'll play them all. Um, and it's really our film team's role to decide how wide it should go. And again, the more money we think it'll bring in, the wider it'll go. Then from a marketing aspect, we'll play about six to seven trailers in front of each movie. So whichever studio has the movie, they typically are getting one or two trailers for their own movies, their own future movies to play. And then we work with the studios on um, which one. So we can't play every trailer that every studio wants. And so we look at that as another media opportunity and we're making deals and arrangements with studios on which trailers to play in front of which particular movies. And are there kind of certain geos where Regal is much uh, stronger uh, versus uh, are there, I guess, uh, stronger affiliations with certain brands on the movie theater side, depending on which part of the country you're in? Yeah, and I think every, every uh, exhibitor, movie theater exhibitor, could probably say what they do better with. Um, you know, at Regal, we do really well with face-based films, in part because I think we've got a lot of our theaters in the South where they play well. We do really well with action movies um, for different reasons, because we're strong in, in key markets where they play. Um, you know, we look at market share on every movie, and I think we typically see above average market share, like I, I said, on action movies, on faith-based, on comedies, on rom-coms. We're a little bit below average on family um, movies, in, in part because there's some other exhibitors who are stronger in certain family markets. You know, AJ, I thought where you were going before you were asking, Ken, how do they select movie? I was like, wait, do you have a, you have a short film that I don't know about? You're trying to get in front of Ken? Yeah, I got a couple of screenplays here. <laughs> right? Uh, I know you this get, is all. Get, this, 
Get them produced, AJ, and then, you know, come talk to us. <laughs> I know this is all just to get his, uh, his stuff in front of you, Ken. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Let, let's have – I have some other questions around – you said your dream job, right? You know, what are some of your – and I'd like to ask, you know, myself and AJ to, to share some of this too because I, I think it's so important. I think as, as we're talking to people and they hear Regal Cinemas and they get your point of view, Ken, they're, they're probably thinking of their fondest, like, movie memory as well. But, but what – why was this your dream job? And, and share with me, like, a movie moment from your childhood that made you fall in love with the movies. Yeah, I, and it's, it's my dream job because I love movies. And, you know, we're in a world where there's headlines about the movie theater business going away and is streaming going to, you know, overtake. And what I can tell you is I love watching movies in the theater. I love watching movies on my TV. Um, they're different experiences. You know, there are some, when it's an action movie, I got to see it in a theater because it just, that big screen is overwhelming, you know, whether it's an IMAX or even just on a regular 2D screen. But you know, I've got lots of movie memories. I'll spare your audience too many of them. But uh, as a uh, preteen, um, when Greece came out, I went to Greece with my sister at, uh, in our town, we had a $2 movie theater. And um, I was mesmerized by Olivia Newton-John. My sister was mesmerized by John Travolta. So we watched it. We walked out of the theater and walked right back to see it a second and a third time. So probably, you know, six, eight hours, whatever it was, in one day watching the movie because we absolutely loved it. And then as I got older, probably my, uh, my favorite memory is when my son turned three, um, we went to see his first movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the animated movie from Disney, and didn't know what to expect. I sat him on my lap, and for 90 minutes of that movie, he was hunched forward, mesmerized himself. I knew I had a kindred spirit there, and... Um, you know, now he's 26 and he's in the movie and TV business and on the production side. So I feel like I had some influence there as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. AJ, why don't you share your story, uh, you know, why you fell in love with the movies. You mentioned one on the podcast. So, you, you know, you kind of, well, I won't let you go ahead and maybe say that one. If, if not, I'll add that. I, I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> You mentioned your first date, your first date with your now oh, wife. Yes. You, yeah, you yeah, went yeah. to the movie theater. You went to go see Hancock with Will Smith. All right. She better not listen to this one that, that you forgot yeah. that. All right. Yeah, I know. So when I moved to America, maybe I was uh, 13 or so and didn't know a whole lot of uh, people here, obviously, uh, but uh, made, made a couple of good friends uh, and they all were movie fans as well. So in San Francisco, and I think it closed down recently, AMC 1000, Van Ness, huge movie theater, one of the bigger ones for, you know, 20 years ago. And we would go there Saturday, and we would have, like, the uh, newspaper cut out of what the times of the movies were. So we would sneak in, and then we would plan it out so we could uh, watch at least two or three movies for the day. <laughs> So that's kind of my, uh, but didn't do that to Regal, only to AMC. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, studying uh, creative writing and uh, did about, uh, I think about 
well, every screenwriting class I could uh, take at college. So that's my little screenwriting yeah. background. There. So maybe he does have a screenplay he's trying to put. Oh, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, for me, and then, then I have a, a follow-up question on something that you said there, Ken. But my, my memory in, in some ways mimics a memory that you have, Ken. My memories were as a kid going to summer camp. It was day camp. And going to the movies with all your friends, it was such a treat. I remember seeing Gremlins and Ghostbusters and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, all those summer blockbusters back then. Those were, you know, the summer blockbusters. And I love going to the – look, you know, the first time you're going to watch – any Star Wars film is going to be just on your 36-inch TV? I think not. Movie theaters are not going anywhere. Um, but my son is now three and a half, uh, Ken, and I want to take him to his first movie, and I was planning on that at the same time. So I can't wait till that happens. Uh, that'll be at the Battery Park uh, Theater here uh, where we live. And I do want to check out the the one in – Union Square, because I heard a lot of great things even prior to you and I meeting about that. Uh, so I wanted to talk about, you mentioned $2 movies, and this is this is not the price point. It's not $2. I want to go on record as saying that, but you guys have this subscription plan kind of movie deal where you could see a variety of movies. Tell the audience about that, if that's still going to be happening. I hope so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still going to be happening. And um, basically, the program is called Regal Unlimited. And we, we kind of treat it as a subset of our loyalty program, because if, if you're going to join the subscription, the Regal Unlimited, you're, you're automatically part of the Regal Crown Club program. So basically, for about 20 bucks a month, you can see as many movies as you want. And so right now, we're not charging. You know, we suspended everybody's uh, subscription because we're not open, but it really is a phenomenal deal for movie lovers. Um, basically, if you go see two movies a month, it pays for itself. And um, what we're seeing from our unlimited members is they see well more than two movies a month. And, Again, for them, they can do the math. They know they're getting a great deal. For us, um, it definitely is a revenue driver because while they're there, they'll, they'll buy concessions. And so it's really, it's a win-win-win, including the studios in that because we pay them their share for all of the attendance that folks come in. And so it's been a great program. We just launched it July of 19 or end of June of 19. So we were coming on our first year when it, when it shut down. And so it really, we had great momentum. Um, we've had to halt, you know, we've had a handful of, of consumers who've with, without knowing the future have canceled, but the vast majority have said, we're waiting, just tell us when we're opening up again and we're going to come right back. Ken, you know, I think uh, it would be nice if you had a babysitting or baby care with the movie theaters. That's been one of our challenges since we had kids was finding a babysitter to go to the movies. But I know we're looking forward to it. You know, that you laugh and I'm not sure if you're serious or not, AJ, but, you know, over in history, uh, circuits have tried that and you know, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense if, if we can figure it out. I think the challenge has been um, it 
it never got widely used. And I, I think in general, when parents go out, they either want a want someone they know watching and it's just been something that uh, again has been tried gotcha. and walked away. Maybe we'll come back to it, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I appreciate the suggestions like that. It, it, it forces us to kind of rethink an age old problem and see if there's a better solution for it. Oh, I didn't realize someone had tried it already. So, okay. uh, and can you tell us a little bit more about your personal side too. Uh, what have you been up to during the pandemic and a little bit about your, life outside of Regal? Well, I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, believe it or not. So I think <laughs> everyone has. Um, so that gives me, I, I play with my backgrounds. For anybody that's not seeing, I've got just an interior of one of our newly remodeled theaters. But, you know, I've been married uh, to my wife, Patty, for over 30 years. Um, we've just got our one son, Taylor. And, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, been doing a lot of hiking. Uh, Knoxville, where I live, is a great town um, right near the Smoky Mountains to go out and hike. Uh, it's a great bike riding town as well. And, you know, I've been brushing up on just learning some new skill sets that's, you know, I've had some downtime, as I think a lot of us have. Um, while I'm still working, most of Regal is furloughed and, um, there's work to be done, but it's not, a lot of it isn't as urgent or as timely as, as in the past. So there's, there's more time for me to kind of brush up on skill sets, do some online learning and, and try to make myself a better marketer. That's cool. And Ken, we asked this of every guest. There's these, are, these next two questions are kind of, one is more of, I want to find out more about, and one is, uh, our signature question here at the Marketing Stir, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is used for a variety of different things, but you being a CMO of a company like Regal Cinemas, I'm sure you get reached out to a ton by people trying to sell you something. What is a LinkedIn message that gets your attention and says, you know what, maybe I'll set up a meeting or respond back to someone. And what is one of your pet peeves on LinkedIn? Or it could be a marketing pet peeve in general, or both. Some people have many pet peeves, like myself. <laughs> so, you know, that's the question there. Well, you know, my desired approach on LinkedIn is to accept all invitations um, that I get. Uh, I'll go through periods where, and my desire is if, if I can help somebody, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to forget more wisdom than... <laughs> but if I can pass anything along, I'd love to. What, what I tend to find more often than not are folks who um, request, you know, to, to link up and then come back to me with a promise to solve all of my problems. Mm -hmm. and I'll only take a 30-minute meeting with them. They'll solve all my biggest concerns. So that's a bit of a pet peeve. I, you know, I prefer to to connect with folks and then spend some time and see if what they're posting is of interest to me and I'll, I'll react and vice versa if, if things that I post are of interest. What I really appreciate, the approach that for me is most appealing is someone who wants to just share, um, if they've got something to share, just, 
hey, take a look at this uh, research that my company's done or something I've stumbled across, have at it, no strings attached. You know, if, if it's something that interests me, I'll either come back with, you know, a desire to connect, but it's just, you know, when I connect, it's that immediate, hey, let's, let's hook up for 30 minutes and, you know, just, I'm not the most popular person on LinkedIn by far, but you know, I just couldn't handle all of those meeting requests. And, and I prefer to be connected with more people just so we can learn from each other. Oh, wow. That, that is unique in, uh, in the sense, Ken, that, you know, you're open to that. You know, just, uh, in, see, I knew you were a nice guy. That's great. You, you know, <laughs> having people, you know, connect and, and but also, you're being nice to connect, but if they don't get the hint and they, they keep, you know, uh, harassing you for, hey, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, that, I, I see that as a pet peeve. Uh, I don't like when, if I connect with someone immediately, they hit me with just like a sales pitch, like immediately right after. I just connected with you. Say hello to me, learn something about me. So yeah, wow. That, so you have a unique answer because you're kind of like, well, you know, I accept just about all of them. And then I find out. Good, good. And another it's not a question. Well, it is a question, but it's something that we love to talk about on the marketing stir, just because of the, our own charitable work that AJ and I do and Starista does. But you were, talk to us about, you were a board member of Variety, the children's charity of Eastern Tennessee. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So the movie theater industry has this charity called Variety, the children's charity. And and there's a, there's a great story behind it that, you know, a bunch of movie theater exhibitors found a, an orphan child and adopted her and raised her and then expanded into variety. And so then there are chapters now across the country, really across the world. And since Regal is headquartered in Knoxville, East Tennessee, we've got Variety, the children's charity of Eastern Tennessee. And so it compri it's comprised of board members, both from Regal, uh, various department heads, as well as some um, um, external business leaders in the Knoxville community. And it's, it is focused on children. So when we get a request, um, a, it's, it's gotta have some connection to children in East Tennessee. And um, if it does, chances are that uh, we will um, take on the charity and make a donation. Um, Regal has a Regal Foundation, which is more national in scope, um, focused on a variety of things as well, not as limited to children, um, but we've got uh, kind of military as a cause, children is another cause as well. And um, I'm, I happen to be on the board of both. And, you know, when I look back on my career, that's really what's most satisfying. I'm having a lot of fun working. You know, movies, you, maybe they don't change the world. They offer folks a, a bit of an escape, but being able to be part of two charitable organizations who can change the world for kids and others is, is really the most satisfying part of the job. And we're almost uh, out of time here. I know this is a difficult time for your industry as well as uh, for a lot of your staff, I imagine. Any kind of closing thoughts uh, as you guys kind of come back and for people who might be graduating uh, from college now for what they should look forward to? 
Yeah, well, well, I'd say, you know, we're, we're hopeful we're going to open up. We don't know exactly when it will be. Um, could be January, might be March. Um, as I mentioned, you know, the vaccine is going to really drive that. And, and we've got some good news on that front. Um, we fully expect that we're going to come back quickly, strongly, and the movie theater business, while may have some changes in place that stay with us, will, will be recognizable from what it once was. And, you know, some data points are in Japan and China recently, during COVID, they opened up movies to record all-time openings in their first weekend, which says there was pent-up demand, and, and we, we fully expect that there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand to get out of the house, see a great movie, once everybody feels safe to do that. And, you know, for folks coming out of uh, college, um, our industry can be a great industry. I think what, what happens in a lot of cases is kids in high school will sign on to be an usher or work the concession stand and and some then go off to college and change careers some fall in love with the industry um and stay on and, and start running their own theater and then move up in management and i'd say in our corporate uh, headquarters half the department heads you know came up through theaters and uh you know that's a great thing to see that there's upward mobility for folks who want a career in the movie theater business now we appreciate those Final thoughts, Ken, this has been a joy for us. We appreciate you taking time with us on the marketing stir. You know, I'm sure I'm going to hit you up for a tour of that Union yeah. Square Theater. Some Anytime. loyalty points. No, I'm kidding. It's a, <laughs> no, I, I can't, I really mean this. I really can't wait until you know, Regal Cinemas opens back up. I can't wait to take my son and start new memories with him so we appreciate your time ken i appreciate we appreciate your service as well so thank you for 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 that and sharing that sure, uh, with the air force there and uh this has been great ladies and gentlemen that has been ken thews he is the chief marketing officer of rico cinemas that's aj gupta i'm vincent petrofessa thank you for joining us in another episode of the marketing stir thanks and talk soon Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.